This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. It's the Greg Tucker Show. I am glad you're back, big boy. And uh, you have been teaching over at the uh, Adventures in Learning. And that's one of the classes that just everybody just loves to be at because they learn so much about our community. And they're, they're a fun group. They really are. Um, well, um, but what you got going on now? Well, I'm almost back. We'll be back on our regular Monday hour next week. Next Monday. Yeah, and uh, September is the one time when we shift off Monday, and I'm not sure I told enough people what was going on because I was getting calls worried about my health. You've been off the air for three weeks. You've been looking kind of puny. Yeah, well, that shows on the radio, (laughs) I guess. Uh, But, uh, yeah, AIL is... I didn't realize how long it's been going. It's been over 30 years now, I think, that the Mm -hmm. program has presented topics of interest largely to retired, older uh, people who continue to be interested in learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've done it since the first time I did it for them was in 2005. Can you believe that? That's hard to believe. Yeah, and then since about 2012, I've enjoyed doing it every year. And. Uh, my wife last night said, you know, this is now a uh, tradition for us, mm-hmm. and we follow the same routine. And uh, She's your uh, biggest supporter, isn't she? Uh, she's my aide in every way. Uh, but uh, we, we always prepare handouts, and she's involved very much with that. And uh, then we always, uh, not my favorite restaurant by any means, but every Monday morning we're doing AIL, we stop at the McDonald's and have our McDonald's breakfast. Mm-hmm. And it just it has become with us something of a tradition. As much as she's put in to building you up all the years, and you take her to McDonald's restaurant, there's just something not right about that. Uh, actually, she takes me. She really there likes, you go. I mean, it, it just keeps she, getting worse. She really likes the McDonald's, what's it called? The the, the breakfast item at McDonald's. Um, the muffins? McMuffin. McMuffins, yeah. Like Mac yeah, Muffin. I like those too. Yeah, well. I, I have one on Sunday morning. Okay. That's, that's when I... Actually, I, I went to McMinnville yesterday. I uh, took Jason with me. He's... He needed to have his um, car fixed, and and they did a great job over there. And I'm really surprised how much that area has changed. It just doesn't look the same anymore. 
because it, it's such an easy stroll, you, you might say. Uh-oh, almost not. Well, the not. new highway still new to me between yeah. Woodbury and McMinnville does yeah. change it, although I frequently uh, get deliberately get off and get on the old 70S just because it's nostalgic and, and some yeah. pretty, pretty country, and you don't go through it so fast. In fact, we probably will be up that way tomorrow unless something else breaks. Uh, <clears throat> we thought we'd go to the Amish store restaurant. Uh, up Where there. is it? Because I didn't see it. Well, you did see Centertown. Yeah. And if you take the route due south out of Centertown, mm -hmm. uh, you come to the crossroads where the big, uh, I say big, uh, because they've expanded recently. Mm -hmm. But it's an Amish family store, and they have a uh, sandwich counter and uh, all kinds of products and uh, a veranda canopy outside where you can eat. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to take one of my wife's close friends and uh, make an afternoon in oh, wow. that part of the country. Good for you. Ken, I, I want to uh, take a little time. Uh, of course, uh, my kids are uh, taking fi a lot of stuff out of the house and stuff that I hadn't seen in 20-something years. Uh, let, let me give a little background. You're downsizing. I'm downsizing. And anticipating uh, that some things will stay and some things will go. So, yes, yes. Yeah, and you found something. Please well, I, I'm finding a lot, and, and, and w one of the things that touched me the most was my uh, dad's family. Uh, I found a picture of every one of them together, and my grandmother, my granddaddy, this is all the Joneses and McFarlands, and, and then their kids, starting with my daddy, and then my uh, Aunt Margie, and uh, Aunt Nancy, and Aunt Jane, and Aunt Sarah, and Aunt Mary, and Uncle Ben, they had the best pictures. I mean, they looked at it's just like they had come back to life and standing right in front of me at that particular age. And um, I've got to find a, something to put it in and, and make sure that it's not even bothered one bit. And, and I had put all of those things back so many years ago. But this is what I uh, got when I was uh, uh, in law enforcement. And uh, I, I was sheriff at the time. And somebody gave me this. And I want to read it uh, to the people out there. And it's uh, uh, titled, When God Made Peace Officers. And uh, I will start, When the Lord was creating peace officers, he was into his sixth day of overtime. An angel appeared and said, You're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one. And the Lord said, Have you read the spec on this order? A peace officer has to be able to run five miles through alleys in the dark, scale walls, enter homes the health inspector would not touch, and not wrinkle his uniform. He has to be able to sit in an undercover car all day on a stakeout, cover a homicide scene that night, canvass the neighborhood for witnesses, and testify in court the next day. He has to be in top physical condition at all times, running on black coffee and half-eaten meals. And he has to have six pair of hands. 
The angel shook her head slowly and said, Six pair of hands? No way. It's not the hands that are causing me problems, said the Lord. It's the three pair of eyes an officer has to have. It's on the standard model, asked the angel. The Lord nodded. One pair that sees through the bulge in the pocket before he asked, May I see what's in there, sir? When he already knows and wishes he had taken that accounting job. Another pair here in the side of his head for his partner's safety and another pair of eyes here in front that can look reassuringly at a bleeding victim and say, you'll be all right, ma'am, when he knows it isn't so. Lord, said the angel, touching his sleeve, rest and work on this tomorrow. I can't, said the Lord. I already have a model that can talk a 250-pound drunk into a patrol car without incident and feed a family of five on a civil service paycheck. The angel circuits the model of the peace officer very slowly. Can it think, she asked. You bet, said the Lord. It can tell you the elements of a hundred crimes, recite Miranda warnings in its sleep, detain, investigate, search, and arrest a gang member on the street in less time than it takes five learned judges to debate the legality of the stop and it still keeps its sense of humor. This officer also has phenomenal personal control. He can deal with crime scenes painted in hell, uh, coax a confession from a child abuser, comfort a murder victim's family, and then read in the daily paper how law enforcement isn't sensitive to the rights of criminal suspects. Finally, the angel bent over, ran her fingers across the cheek of the peace officer. There's a leak, she pronounced. I told you that you were trying to put too much into this model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. What's a tear for, asked the angel. It's for bottled up emotions, for fallen comrades, for commitment to the funny piece of cloth called the American flag for justice. You're a genius, said the angel. The Lord looked somber. I didn't put it there, he said. Now that, that reaches out to every officer that's ever put a badge on. There's no doubt about it. Well, I was picturing you as it was described. And uh, you come pretty close, I think. Well, the Lord has been special to us. And... We've been, we've been uh, gifted by him. <clears throat> now, what in the world are you and I discussing today? Oh, well, let's start with, uh, you remind me, because somebody needs to file a police report. Uh, there's a monument on Old Las Casas Pike as you're going out on the right, mm -hmm. which uh, is called the Geographic Center of the State. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and there's a lot to One of our famous doctor's place there. Yeah, the Cunningham. Yeah, Dr. Cunningham. What a great guy. Well, his son called uh, one of our, well, called E.C. Talbert, one of our <clears throat> senior members of the Historic Society, mm -hmm. and someone has stolen the plaque off the monument. you got to be kidding. <clears throat> the plaque is a heavy bronze plaque that, describes, you know, what's being memorialized there. Mm -hmm. 
And I went by and inspected, and uh, the damage, it's happened once before, maybe 10 years ago. And uh, now the damage to the obelisk monument itself is such it's going to take quite a bit of work. Mm -hmm. And uh, that monument is uh, the responsibility of the Historic Society. Yeah. It was placed there uh, with funds raised by my predecessor, Ernie Johns, and the Society back in early 90s, I believe. And that means we, the Historic Society, are responsible for... Edith Martin McFarlane and I love Adams Place. I have Parkinson's. One of my defenses is exercise and so the pool is a real plus and it's wonderful. It's a heated, salty, therapeutic pool and we have water aerobics by an instructor. It's indoor year-round and it's marvelous. I love Adams Place. All right, we're going to head back to uh, Truman. Had a little, uh, I have no idea what it was, aliens or something, but Truman, back over to you. Hey, hey uh, how, how long were we off, Brian? About 30 seconds. Okay, all right. I think we're okay. We're okay. Yeah. All right, the Cunningham, Thanks, Cunningham family has leased us the property, uh, and I think they're quite sympathetic to maintaining the, but technically uh, the lease can be revoked at any time. So if we don't, put the monument back in shape and get the message back up out there. There's mm -hmm. not any real reason to maintain the, the, the lease. You remember when he used to walk, work on that wall? He was amazing. He'd be, he, he'd be uh, working all day in his office, and then he would be back in the evening I have working written, on that wall. I have written about uh, the rock wall around yeah. this place, the Great Wall of Murfreesboro. Yeah. And uh, his neighbor... Robert Stroop mm -hmm. talked about how when he first got in there, Cunningham, uh, Stroop was building a lot of his apartments and such over there. And he said, Dr. Cunningham must have been fascinated by the heavy equipment because next thing Stroop saw, he had his own little dozer or backhoe mm -hmm. or something and was doing work on his place himself as, I guess, an avocation. Yeah. Uh, and I can see... I enjoy so much getting up on the big tractor and changing the look of the of the pasture or the uh, parts of the farm mm -hmm. to get up on a backhoe and make it look like you want it to look would be a lot of fun, Yeah, uh, particularly if you didn't have to do it for a living. <laughs> you know, I, I remember uh, 
Dr. Cunningham was one of my favorite people in the whole world. And uh, I remember a gentleman, and I, uh, I had a call, that uh, he had uh, lost his license, a uh, driver's license, and he, uh, he, and because he couldn't see well, his eyesight had gone down. So uh, one, one of the ladies here in town called me and said, do you think you could help uh, him get into, uh, he, he, he does uh, uh, tractor work all over town, uh, clearing up things, and uh, he's, gonna, he's not going to be able to perform his job uh, driving his tractor and all these other things till they, he can get his eyes fixed. So I said, well, I'll do my best. So I called Dr. Cunningham, and he was saying, bring him on over, he said. And, of course, the place was full in there. So he went in, and he took care of his sight and everything else, and it was no time at all that he was able to just leave, go get his license, and everything was taken care of. And how many people would do something like that? Because he knew that the, the, the gentleman was in, in, in dire straits. He had to have be able to do all the work that he was assigned to do. And, and I, I saw him, he spoke, I believe it was at Middle Tennessee's Christian School, and uh, he had ALS at the time. And it was um, at, at pretty much the latter stages of ALS. So... But he was there and made the greatest speech. And uh, it was at that time, you know, when you get ALS, even drinking a cup of coffee is very difficult. But I was so amazed at, at uh, the grace and, 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 and the way that he performed all of that. It was pretty special, pretty special. There are people that cross every once in a while in your life that uh, make a, a difference in everyone, and he's one of them. Well, let me remind people of actually what we mark with our monument over there. Mm -hmm. uh, south east of the monument itself, there's a big hole. Mm -hmm. It's a quarry. Yep. Uh, if you go back to, I believe it's 1831, 32, there was a constitutional convention, state constitutional convention. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody from over in Williamson County said, well, it's about time we decided where to put the permanent state capital, and it ought to be in the center of the state. Yeah. This is the Williamson County representative. Uh, so the Constitutional Convention directed the Secretary of State to determine exactly where the center of the state We hired a professor on Friday over at the University of Nashville. Uh, Bradley was the professor's last name. Mm -hmm. uh, and the professor using the best maps available at the time, plotted it out, and on Monday, very promptly through the weekend, uh, provided a letter back to the uh, Secretary of State in the convention, Constitutional Convention, that said, well, by my uh, calculations, the center of the state is, and he gave a specific distance, so many miles east of the Rutherford County Courthouse. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, leaders of our county community at the time seized upon that to promote Rutherford County and Murfreesboro as a place for the permanent state capital. Uh, the problem was they had to find a place that people were willing to give up or sell. 
and a little bit northeast, not exactly where the professor had said, but northeast out the, what then was called the Liberty Turnpike, mm -hmm. now the old Las Casas Turnpike, was a big flat rock like we find around the counties. Uh, and the owner of the flat rock was apparently quite willing to let that rock be used for something else because you couldn't do much with it. And uh, the locals went out and staked it off and said these are the four corners of where we ought to put the state capital and promoted it as the place for the state capital. Uh, the, the legislature ultimately didn't agree mm -hmm. and uh, decided to put the state capital on a hill in Nashville. Uh, and the big flat rock, I think in the early 50s, was quarried out and used to build roadways in the area. And so if you go behind the Cunningham home, which is still there, uh, you'll find fenced off a uh, deep water lake or pond, which is the old quarry. So the marker actually marks uh, roughly the position where the placement of the state capital was promoted. This is a place for it. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, it didn't happen, but uh, interesting part of our history. We came close. And if the local commission had been willing to put up a couple of hundred dollars to move the state library and archives, we might have gotten it. But uh, there was no money available at that time. Also, I've heard people say that Rutherford County was too clean a community to be appealing to the legislatures who enjoyed the opportunities for off-hour recreation in Nashville and didn't quite see that down here in Rutherford County. But, Too clean uh, of a community back then? Yeah. Maybe we need to apply again. Yes, we may <laughs> be closer now. <laughs> but we talked a couple of, well, it's, we're talking about monuments that have been defaced. Uh, up in Smyrna, uh, a motorist apparently lost control of the vehicle and took down two of our state historic markers. One of them is about Jefferson, old Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And the other one, it was about Joe Wheeler, raid, he was a ca uh, Confederate cavalry leader, mm -hmm. raid around behind Rosecrans army when they were trying to move into uh, the Stones River area, bring it in. Mm -hmm. Both markers have been there quite a long time, but I'm told that the uh, damage was such that they were scrapped. Mm. To replace those markers, uh, they actually are supposed to be maintained in place by the Tennessee Historical Commission, which does not have any budget for replacement of markers. Would have to go through the legislature to get budgeted for that. Uh, apparently, those there was questions about who was in position to make a claim against the motorist and his insurance. Somebody let the statute of limitations run before it was brought to anybody's attention. And uh, the markers were on about $2,000 each. Mm. So uh, we, were, we discussed it at our last board meeting, the Historic Society, not in a position to uh, take it on ourselves, but are still considering how we might go about 
Uh, we all know Jefferson, the original town or city of consequence in Rutherford County, right there where the east and west forks flow together. It was called the Port of Jefferson mm -hmm. and was a primary commercial uh, and transportation point in the earliest days of the county. People would come from all over the world to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you wanted to go to market with agricultural products, it all went out through the Port of Jefferson in those mm -hmm. early days. And then the uh, monument to Joe Wheeler uh, during the Civil War, he worried the heck out of the Yankees because he kept cutting their supply lines down from Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, but Wheeler himself is a fascinating figure. He was a Calvary uh, leader, second only, of course, to Nathan Bedford Forrest. But Joe, being uh, literate uh, in contrast, and uh, apparently rather academic, because he literally wrote the book of procedures and, and standards and such for the Confederate uh, mounted forces. Uh, I have seen and uh, I think I actually have a copy of his book pamphlet on, uh, on uh, mounted uh, maneuvers and such. Uh, but after the uh, war, in fact quite a few years later, uh, Wheeler is back in the Union Army is a general and leader and was one of the generals in the uh, Cuban conflict. Wow. In fact, if you read his history, under his command was a young officer named uh, Theodore Roosevelt. I've heard of him. Yeah. yeah, and Wheeler is the senior command officer who authorized uh, Roosevelt's charge on San Juan San Juan Hill. Yeah, San Juan Hill. And uh, so uh, Wheeler is himself a very fascinating figure and uh, actually was the cleanup command as the Confederate Army uh, fell back. Uh, Wheeler was the one that protected the rear uh, as they headed south. The Bragg's Army went south. So I'd love to see those markers replaced, and I think probably they will be in time. But the question of who's got the responsibility and how is it funded, I think the first idea I have is to approach our legislative delegation and see if we can't get a line item budget through the Historic Commission for repair and maintenance of these, these uh, uh, markers. Would it have to go through that? Uh, process or say uh, a lot of that's pretty m much in the city of Smyrna, isn't it? Yeah, all of it's in within the city limits yeah. of Smyrna. What if someone approached the city of Smyrna to maybe uh, be able to uh, put those back the way they were? Well, I think some effort was made, uh, but uh, low profile. I think with a little bit of uh, publicity and some public comment, we might get more participation out of the city. They they do a really good job of of protecting those things, Smyrna does, and, and, and supporting them. Well, I know the couple of new ones that I've been involved with, uh, the Historic Commission will approve 
uh, you know, the proposal for a new marker mm -hmm. and leaves it to private funding. So yeah. that we have a fundraising effort. And uh, a few years back, the late Matt Murphy and I, uh, recognizing that our real founding family uh, and the man for whom Murfreesboro was named, there was no marker anywhere in the city. That's amazing. And uh, we researched and came up with the text and got it approved. And Matt raised the money. And now there is a Colonel Hardy Murphy monument plaque uh, right outside City Hall, right on the mm -hmm. steps up to the, the uh, patio there in front of City Hall. Uh, and, you know, it was all private funding, private effort. But it did have to be approved. Yeah. Not only approved location and subject, but they approved the text, the actual text, and now are very uh, deliberate about being sure that uh, there's historic justification for what's on the plaque. Yeah. And I know we've got. Well, part of my presentation yesterday was uh, my, my one of my titles. It must be true. I read it on a marker. Well, some of our early markers are missed the point, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the few ways to correct information on a marker, I think, is to have a motorist knock it down, and tear it up, and then you get to put it back and hopefully correct any errors. But you know, uh, you're talking about Matt Murphy. Uh, he's another one of those people that you don't come across every day, and. He meant a lot to our community. And the, uh, speaking of the Murphy name, uh, the DAR, uh, the, the the Hardy Murphy uh, chapter, they did a great job in uh, in uh, representing the people who uh, meant so much to our country and the Constitution and Constitution Day uh, last week and. Uh, I, I am so proud of those ladies uh, that reach out and uh, uh, keep all of that in, in our minds. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Greg Tucker. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell's self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Hey fellas, it's Scott. I want to encourage you to make your health a priority. It's easier than you think at Low T Center. They're reinventing the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. They offer a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers important to your health. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness, 
They're one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have a lack of motivation and drive, or have noticed weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center will help you determine the cause of your symptoms and will help you get back to feeling your best. It all starts with their quick and easy health assessment and is covered by most health insurance. Low T Center is concierge medicine exclusively for us men. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. To schedule your health assessment, go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Ford is planning to invest $11.4 billion on new production sites in Kentucky and Tennessee, where electric vehicles, along with the batteries that power them, will be made. The move is expected to create 6,000 jobs at a mega campus called Blue Oval City in Stanton, Tennessee. Ford says the new assembly plant will be carbon neutral with zero waste to landfill once it's fully operational. 5,000 more jobs will be headed to Glendale, Kentucky, where Governor Andy Bashir is calling this the single largest investment in that state's history. Murfreesboro police on the lookout for a man who allegedly stole thousands of dollars worth of computers from Sam's Club. He reportedly returned several days later and allegedly tried to steal even more merchandise. Police say he also assaulted an elderly employee. Suspect's picture is posted on WGNSRadio.com. There's also information there on what to do if you think you recognize the suspect. Police say the gunman in that deadly shooting at the Kroger store in Collierville has been asked to leave his job on the day of the violence. Uk Thong was a subcontractor working on the sushi department of the Kroger. Thong killed one person and injured at least a dozen more before killing himself last Thursday. Collierville police said that Thong moved to the area in the summer of 2020. The Pfizer COVID booster shot is now available. It's available for people age 65 and older. Those who live in long-term care settings or anyone with conditions that put them in greater than normal risk of infection can get the shot. Anybody who is vaccinated with Moderna or Johnson & Johnson not currently eligible for a booster. Currently, Moderna has limited approval for a third dose for those who are immunocompromised. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. County property auction Wednesday, September 29th at 1 p.m. in the second floor courtroom of the county courthouse. Four properties will sell, just over a half acre where the former jail at 400 West Main was located, four acres on East Trimble Road, 0.23 acres on Midland Fosterville Road, and over three acres on Stewart's Creek Road. Property auction at the county courthouse September 29th at 1 p.m. Find out more at rutherfordcountytn.gov auction or call the county mayor's office at 615-898-7745. Good neighbor weather. Skies will become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high in the mid-80s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low of 62. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 60.
Premier 6 Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with the great Greg Tucker. Great friend, too. Um, Greg, um, I've got Kent Siler on Thursday. Uh-huh. And because Rutherford County has grown so much, uh, there's going to be some changes in... Uh, uh, how many people, uh, how many different counties will be voting for uh, certain senatorial groups and things like that? Yeah, some redistricting. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting because that's one thing he wanted to talk about Thursday. Uh, the county, I understand, has already been redistricted, or at least it's been drawn. It may not be finally approved. In my district, uh, where I live, the 6th district is going to be geographically bigger because the adjoining district, which is out towards Eagleville, Rockvale, that mm -hmm. area, has had such population growth that they're reducing the size of that district and the, the geography that's shifting mm -hmm. is coming over to the 6th district. The 6th district has not, thank goodness, had the booming uh, growth that we've seen down in that towards the beyond Salem out towards Eagleville yeah. down that way down south church uh, but interesting I think quietly uh, doing a good job of realigning the county uh, should be complimented uh, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about local business history mm -hmm. and prompted by uh, Holden Hardware, which we believe is the oldest business continuous on the square since about since 1948, and uh, the oldest business continuous in the same line of business, uh, Bell Jewelers, although they're off the square where they originally were. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of others came to my attention that we ought not overlook because Haynes Hardware is celebrating their 100th anniversary. Whoa. According to the information they have, uh, I need to visit with them and, and uh, go over some of it. Uh, the business was started by a local family in 1921, and that same family, the descendants, uh, are still in the business, still mm -hmm. the same Haynes family. Uh, and they recently uh, mailed out a circular uh, celebrating their 100th anniversary with an anniversary sale. But on there is a picture. And you can see they had two storefronts next to each other on the square. Mm -hmm. uh, but the picture is not 1921. The picture appears to be, and you know how we judge these old pictures sometimes, you look at the cars. And the cars in this picture look more like late 30s, early 40s. I see. Uh, that time period. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, apparently the business was well established at that time. They have a lot of space on the square in that picture. 
uh, two store, what looked like two individual storefronts had been combined there for Haynes Hardware. Another one off the square today, but would date from uh, the post-war, late 1940s, uh, brought to my attention by Mike Lyles, is Ryan's Florist. I think Ryan's was mm -hmm. on the square originally, now is on the first block of South Academy, I believe. Another one that, uh, although they've moved off the square, as Haynes Hardware has, uh, they go back quite a long time when the same family. Is that B.F. Goodrich next to them? Yeah. Um, the auto store. Isn't, isn't that right? It's That's what the sign says. Yeah. B.F. Goodrich. I can remember some of that, believe yeah. it or not. Dixie something store. Yeah. Dixie Auto Store. B.F. Goodrich. Yeah. Is next door to Haynes Hardware. And I can't tell you for sure which side of the square this is. We'll have to back off and and uh, check the other properties around it. But it's a good picture, and I'm going to drop yeah. by and look at what pictures they've got of those early days. I wish uh, the, I wish the uh, your historical association would build a uh, replica, you know, a small replica of what the um, a square looked like back in those days because i can remember a lot i think I, I can almost remember i think there's about five pharmacists uh, sitting on the square at one time well you'd have to pick a time that you want to show because if you go far enough back there were five saloons on the square uh, back in one period could we do it each decade <laughs> it wouldn't be that difficult. You you could you guys could hire somebody to, to uh, do that. I, I mean, it, it well, was. Well, you in, know, we I invite people to come by the historic society there on Academy Street. That's mm -hmm. where they sell their books. Yeah. Uh, and in the back room, there is a a one man's replica of the square. Mm -hmm. uh, his period was fairly contemporary, uh, but he was focusing on the railroad. Yeah. And and the square, and he set up a model train set and uh, when he uh, was moving to smaller quarters he uh, gave it to the historic society mm -hmm. and we maintain it in the back room just in case we have some young people yeah. or some old people that are interested in electric trains and and the model that yeah that would be a big draw for where your your historical uh, headquarters is, because um, I would love to. Uh, you know, as we get older, our memories kind of fade a little bit. There's some things that I can't recall like I used to be able to, but but I'm talking about things. Um, I, I remember spending so much time on the square every week. Uh, we were on the square because mom and dad, that's where they would do the shopping. That's it. We didn't have big uh, shopping centers back then. Everything was located right there at that yeah, point. I was going to say there weren't even really any shopping centers, big or little. There were outlying stores. Yeah. There were little markets all over the city. And, of course, the country crossroads always had a store. Yeah. But if you were doing serious shopping like shoes, clothing, uh, furniture, the hardware and things like that, it all was centered on the square and down a few of the streets just off the square. Yeah. How are we doing with our museum on the square? I haven't checked in 
September because I've been busy with the AIL. Mm -hmm. But we should be very close to uh, setting up some of the earliest uh, exhibits and displays. Uh, The physical modifications, the flooring and such. Uh, Last time I was there, it was pretty much complete. Mm -hmm. And we were getting to the point of setting up lighting, museum-style lighting, and deciding where uh, exhibits would be positioned and such as that. And I know we'll get started with some of the exhibits loaned to us from the State Museum. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, What What about pictures? of the people that were elected and served there in the courthouse itself. Well, you're talking about, and we've talked about before, the history of the judicial and the yeah. uh, the law enforcement activity of the period. Uh, I hope part of it can focus on that. And uh, I think <clears throat> it's very likely that there will be some exhibits that are rotating. So over time, you know, we can cover more more topics, mm-hmm. but uh, it's something that I have advocated for since I took the position of county historian, and uh, I give a lot of credit to our current mayor. He told me before he was elected that that was something he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and the uh, first thing he did was put our courthouse and the courthouse grounds back in almost perfect condition. Uh, a lot of re-landscaping, cleaning, uh, sidewalks. Uh, we built a ramp over on one side as a uh, disabled uh, compliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the outside of the courthouse was completely redone, painted and such, brought up. And uh, the interior is what we're now finishing up. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would hope that by the end of the year we can say we have our local museum open and hopefully uh, a lot of uh, local interest as well as tourism. I heard yesterday, and I think it was on WGNS, that they're going to sell the old property on West Main Street where the old jail was. Yeah, we saw we saw a sign. You remind me. That 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 surprised me a little bit. I thought that was set up for other things. I wish we had kept that old jail there because you're talking about uh, a special part of, of the downtown area. It was number one except for the courthouse because there were so many very interesting people that not only worked there but served some time there. Uh-huh. And, uh, and a lot of those people uh, were very famous for many, many things, but um, I, I think that was per- pretty about, much the heart of the downtown area. Well, very close to, in yeah. fact, uh, you, you're talking about the jail that, sh- that could have still, uh, that was right there. Right across the way was the big mill, uh, the Murfreesboro Mill, mm-hmm. uh, operated by uh, the most decorated soldier from Rutherford County in World War One. Uh, you talking about Sergeant York? Uh, he wasn't from Murfreesboro. Well, I know, but he's the most decorated soldier. Hey, Jim Ridley's who I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Jim Ridley was uh, not the Congressional Medal of Honor, but the next level down, and he received it twice mm-hmm. during the, his involvement in the European War Theater. 
came home and uh, his business was the mill, uh, I assume making flour and such as that from local products. And the reason I first uh, became aware of it was when uh, Spence Edwards was going to drop by and release his brother. Uh, they had a stakeout. In not a legal way either. Yeah, he's going to yeah. break him out of jail. Yeah. And the word got around that he was coming, and uh, the law enforcement people at the time did a stakeout from the upper floor of the mill. And apparently for a couple of weeks, kept a stakeout there ready. And Spence didn't ever show up. So finally they gave up, and Sheriff went off to watch a basketball game, and Spence showed up. And, I wonder why he did that. Uh-huh. And uh, Spence was a without any, very famous. Yeah, uh, without any violence, any injury, anything, he walks into the jail and says mm-hmm. to the jailer and his wife, who lived in an apartment in the jail building. Yeah, yeah, it was in the right-hand side as you went yeah, in. Yeah, he said, I'm here for my brother. And they basically said, okay, and uh, opened up and let the brother out. And Spence turned to the other inmates and said, Y'all can go, too, if you want. And they all said, no thanks. <laughs> We're probably better off. That was a good decision by them. Best they are. Yeah, because the story goes downhill from there. I need to tell Brian while we're still talking, I hope Brian's listening, that we're going to be leaving in about 30 seconds. Two minutes. Uh, I need to head down to Lynchburg, uh, meet some people at 11 o'clock, so... So you're going to be going down and throwing a party at Miss Bobo's? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I wish it was. I wish it was. Uh, Truman, it's all That's like, a beautiful area down there in Moore County. Oh, around the lake? Yeah. Yeah, that area. It's absolutely gorgeous. Brian, if you're listening, we will be saying bye. I will see you next Monday, the usual time, usual place. Yeah. Thank you, Truman. Thank you, Greg. Booker own, and then uh, Thursday, uh, like I mentioned, Kent Siler will be on with us, and I think that's an educational process that we all need to know what's going on because we can see the direction that politics will be going on in our community for a pretty good while. So uh, everybody have a great day. It's going to be a beautiful day, and um, and take care and be safe. And we'll see you then. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.